Do you like what you're hearing? Help us celebrate our one-year anniversary. You have until November 13, 2018 to leave us a written review along with a star rating. Then shoot an email to contact at sparkjoypodcast.com with your username for a chance to win a copy of SparkJoy signed by Marie Kondo. You can visit sparkjoypodcast.com forward slash iTunes for more details. And now, on to the show. Welcome to Spark Joy, the podcast dedicated to celebrating the KonMari method and the transformative power of surrounding yourself with joy and letting go of all the rest. With your hosts and certified KonMari consultants, Kristen Ivey and Karen Sochi. And now, here's the show. Our guest today is Laurel Byrne. Laurel is an award-winning New York interior designer, blogger, brand ambassador, and sought-after design show and conference speaker. After 21 years as the principal designer in her firm, Laurel Byrne Interiors, she has turned her focus to blogging as a full-time occupation. Her award-winning blog, Laurel Home, has drawn a large following due to her candid style of writing, useful information, and warm community of readers. In addition to designing and blogging, Laurel has authored four helpful online interior design guides for professionals and design enthusiasts alike. I discovered Laurel via her blog, and I've so enjoyed reading it and look forward to getting it in my email all the time. Not only does she have amazing design style, she's super generous with advice and great tips for difficult design dilemmas. Welcome to Spark Joy. Thank you so much for having me. So happy to have you on our show, and I'm really excited about the episode today because I, too, have a connection with interior design. I graduated with a master's degree in interior design back right before the recession. So I ended up not fully jumping into the industry, but did some volunteer time. So I love to talk to vets who have really pursued this as a career. And you've been working in this field for 23 years. So we're really looking forward to discussing any changes that you've seen during that time. But first, let's jump into how you got started in the business and what drove you towards this passion for decorating. Uh, Yes, I moved to New York in my early 20s, and I was a professional dancer and actress. Then around, oh, in my early 30s, I was at a loss. I was done with all of the acting stuff. I went to career counseling, and it was decided after I took all the tests and I did a lot of soul searching, that interior design would be something good for me to do. I had an interest in it. I wasn't somebody who went around decorating. I didn't have any money. I don't make things. But anyway, I I went to the New York School of Interior Design. I went there for three years. I had a baby. So after we had the baby, we moved out of the city to northern Westchester County, just north of New York City. And then for one year, I kind of went crazy. (laughs) And then I found myself a job working for a decorator in Bedford, New York. I worked for her for four years. um, And then I started my business in 1996. So I think the thing that has changed the most, aside from styles and trends and all that, which we can get to in a little bit, is the internet. That Mm -hmm. has affected our business in in a really huge way. It used to be, on the whole, much more exclusive, but the internet changed things because 
just about everything was accessible to the general public. It was a little bit of a shock at first. I completely agree that the internet seems to have changed so many things, especially, and I totally see it in this area because now everyone has access to good and bad ideas. Um, so, so it's really interesting, I think, how the internet has opened up so many doors for people, but also has brought a lot of uh, questionable approaches to design in particular forward. I think sometimes, very often, the general public feels that decorating their home is a little bit like going out and buying a dress and a pair of shoes. And it's not. It's extremely difficult. And I used to get these calls. People would, would be like, eh, you know, in trouble. And sometimes they had already made some big mistakes. It's a minefield. And people don't realize all the pitfalls that there are. Everything from not being able to get the furniture through the door mm -hmm. or up the stairs to, or it doesn't fit in the room, or the color's wrong, or something didn't get done right, or it's damaged. It just goes on and on. I have noticed, and I've really enjoyed the blog post, where you do have a reader who approaches you with a question of, or a comment like, uh, you know, I just bought this couch and I have no idea what to do with it. And so, yeah, so you talk a lot about this idea that, you know, it's not like you just walk into West Elm and lay your credit card down and buy up a bunch of stuff that looks really good in the store. There's really a lot more to it. But one of the things that I think is so interesting about you is that you have a very well-defined aesthetic. I don't know if I would call it, is it classical or traditional or a little bit of both, but you have a very modern approach to it. Could you tell us a little bit about how your aesthetic came about and how you would define your aesthetic? Yes, classical is a word that I like to use because traditional has become somewhat of a misnomer. Things that are called in the industry traditional, in my opinion, are anything but traditional. I, I often use the word ersatz, which means fake. <laughs> it's not traditional. Traditional would be 18th century, for instance, or you know, like a Chippendale chair or sofa or cabinet. That would be classical. But we don't live in museums, so it's not right. like we're doing period room. But things like scale, shape, proportion, color, it's like a puzzle. All of these things have to work together. And I'm often asked questions, and it's in isolation. And it's impossible to answer because it's a little bit like saying, what color should my shoes be? I don't know anything else. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, I know that they're blonde right. <laughs> or something like that. I don't know the color of the dress. I don't know the style of the dress. I don't know the occasion. But you take all those things and you multiply it by a thousand because in interiors, there is so much. The adjoining rooms, the style of the house, where the house is located, the size of the room, the size of the windows, the lighting, the direction, it just goes on and on. But I'm often asked these kinds of questions, particularly with paint colors. And unless I'm standing there, I can't give a responsible answer. I think that's mm -hmm. I could give an answer, but it may not be the right one, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. We often get asked some questions virtually that we can't answer until we understand the context. Mm -hmm. Or some we can't even answer unless we're literally in their space and looking at the project as a whole, not just this isolated solution. So I, that's something we definitely run into in the organizing side of things as well. 
And we've right. noticed on your blog that a lot of your readers are concerned about things like challenging spaces, weird shaped spaces that we need to find organizing or design related solutions for. So I was curious, like, do you have top tips for that in terms of like favorite solutions for specific dilemmas that really revolve around kind of an awkward layout or a poorly thought renovation? Yeah, call a professional. Yeah. Because, (laughs) I mean, yeah, you can try to do it yourself, Mm -hmm. but look at it this way. A professional who's done 100 or 200 or 300 living rooms, Mm -hmm. they're going to know a lot more than a person who's never furnished a living room, right? Absolutely. It's not that easy. You have to have a plan. But I've had people send, if they have a really difficult room that they can't figure out, to send them in. So one woman sent me in her measurements, but I realized they weren't adding up. (laughs) So she had made some mistakes in her measurements. So there she has a plan, but her room is really 18 inches wider than what she had drawn. So in this particular case, that 18 inches makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. So it is very important. There are services that you can call on to do measuring for you. But I definitely think that everybody, unless they're just happen to be very experienced, um, should work even just on a consulting basis. Even if you have a designer come over for a couple of hours and, you know, spend a few hundred dollars and they will tell you things that you never thought of. I actually had some professional organizers come to my house about three months ago. This is the best thing I ever did. This is what's really funny. Sometimes people ask me to help them organize. I myself am not organized. I'm phenomenally disorganized. And they don't realize that being an interior designer and doing space planning is a completely different skill from organization. Now, a person might have both skills. I get the skill of organizing that, first of all, doing your own stuff, I think, is difficult. For me, it's just painful. So it was really great to have them come over. I didn't even think I had that much stuff because I moved here. It had been five and a half years and I I came with very little. I had accumulated some things and they got rid of so much stuff. So that's crucial. You know, we all have too much. Of course, obviously, we endorse that because we also believe that it's more cost effective in the long run to have someone who's professional come in and do it than, you know, make really costly mistakes, both in organizing and decorating. I think for organizers, what we see is that a lot of times people will go to the container store or Bed Bath & Beyond and load up on all kinds of organizing equipment when really what they need is to decide what's staying and what's going and take a look at that first. Exactly, exactly. Clear it out. Because then you put it in a container, and I know what happens with me. You never see it again. Yep. yep. (laughs) Right? It's in the container. And if you never see it again, do you really need it? No. Oh, exactly. Exactly. And I'll tell you, I've seen a lot of beautiful design ruined by having too much clutter. You know, so they're completely opposite or different skill sets, but they really do work together in harmony. So yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I've been following your blogging work and it's just really amazing. You know, that's how I initially discovered you and you have amassed a huge following. Your model is really interesting. One of the things that I've noticed and I really admire about your work is that you give so many practical tips to sometimes some really complex issues 
you really have a very empathetic ear toward your readers who are coming to you for advice. How did you find that blogging was really such a sweet spot for you? And and really, you've moved away completely from doing actual direct client work. Yeah, I I can't do both. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. My blog posts themselves generally take 10 to 12 hours to produce. So, and I do two big blog posts a week and then I do something called hot sales on Friday where I highlight um, my favorite sales and products. So it evolved. What happened was I moved, as I've said, it'll be six years this December. And I had started my website slash blog the previous April 2012. I wanted to kind of say to myself, hey, you can make it. So Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I just started blogging regularly and I enjoyed it. A lot of our listeners are working on their own organization projects and they're utilizing the KonMari method to organize their homes. And once they get to the end, they are looking around and saying, what do I do next? How do you suggest someone get started developing, you know, kind of their own sense of their personal style is very useful. But how do you suggest people begin to develop their own eye? That's a very, very good question. I love Pinterest. So start looking on Pinterest and looking at people's boards that you like and creating your own. And then you will see a pattern. You'll see a pattern of color, of style, etc. I am very often asked, what is that wall color? And it's like a cream or it's a pale green or whatever. It doesn't even matter. And I know good and well that it doesn't matter what the wall color is. What's appealing to them is the architecture of the room, the envelope or the bones of the room. That is so important to get that together before you even think about a color. The other thing is that people choose their colors first. No, actually, if anything, it's last or it's in conjunction with the fabrics and the finishes, etc. Because once you have a wall color, okay, that's it. It's there. Now you've got to make everything else work with that. Sometimes it's fine. Sometimes people are moving and it's like anything will be better than what's up there. It's more of a challenge if you don't know what else is going in the room, then, but sometimes it helps to know. I mean, almost everybody is, let's say they're moving, they're bringing something with them. Most people aren't, you know, it might even just be a rug. And that's a great place to start, a rug or a piece of art. Not that everything has to like match your art, but sometimes you can go, oh, I love the color of the sky. I love my walls to be kind of that color or a color that looks good with that. I really like what you said earlier about that you had created a, a mood board or a vision board because in KonMari, we have our clients or someone who's practicing KonMari start with a vision of how they would like their life to be, what their ideal life is like. And it sounds like you can also apply that same idea to what would you like your home to look like and feel like once you are ready to start that interior design process. You know, absolutely. Like some people, they they want it to be very calm and zen. It would freak them out to have a lot of stuff out. Then some people would feel very uncomfortable living with that. The idea is to know how to work with colors to make them sing. I write a lot about balance. So for instance, if you have a mid-tone color and everything else in the room is a mid-tone, it's going to feel very flat 
because it is. So you need elements of medium, dark, and light, and not necessarily equal concentrations of those. In fact, one of them will be predominant. So the room might overall be very light, but you'll have some medium tones and you'll have a little bit of very, very dark, but the overall effect will still be very light. But if everything is light, your eye isn't stimulated. Our senses require stimulation in order to feel good. So if they're not, no matter what it is, smell, taste, sight, hearing, whatever it is, we need to wake up our brains. So that's a big part of design that people who don't do this for a living don't understand. And actually, some people who do do it for a living don't understand (laughs) it either because they never thought about it that way. Well, Laura, we're going to wrap up. But before we do, we're going to ask you one final question that we love to ask our guests who are on Spark Joy. And that's, at this very moment, what sparks the most joy in your life? That's an easy one because it's a thing that has sparked a joy in me my entire life. And that is the art of classical ballet. I desperately wanted to be a ballerina. I still love it. I still take ballet lessons. I love classical music. I've been listening to a lot of Mozart recently. I just can't get enough of it. So ballet, I watch ballet on YouTube. I I go to live performances too, but I really do love it. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Laurel, for being on Spark Joy. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I love to talk about what I do. Well, thank you, Laurel. We're so glad to have had you on the show. You can reach Laurel directly on her website at laurelburninteriors.com. And she's on Pinterest at Laurel Burn. So now we want to hear from you. Tell us your burning tidying questions or share stories about how Kanmari has impacted your life. You can find us at sparkjoypodcast.com and click Ask Sparkjoy to leave a question or comment for a chance to be featured on next week's show. While you're there, sign up to join our Sparkjoy podcast community and get notified when each episode airs. You can also join the Sparkjoy podcast community on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at the handle at sparkjoypodcast. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope your day sparks joy. Thank you for listening to Spark Joy with your host, Kristen Ivey of For the Love of Tidy in Chicago and Karen Sochi of The Serene Home in New York City. Spark Joy, the podcast is not endorsed by or affiliated with Conmari Media Incorporated. The opinions expressed on this episode represent the views of the co-hosts and guests alone and do not represent the corporate position of Conmari Media Incorporated or the Conmari Consultant Community.